Sunday. Yes, it was an awesome celebration, and uh, we got to minister to more kids than we ever have before. It was an awesome, awesome time, and we're going to have a really, really good time today getting into God's Word. Amen. It's always a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Let's stand up together. We're going to open up like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we believe that America's coming to Jesus. And someone would say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Hey, we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. And so we are standing in the gap for revival. Amen. Let's say these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Yeah. All right. Well, what we're going to do now is, like we always do, take a few minutes to go around, meet somebody, greet somebody, give them a handshake, and if they're cool with it, give them a hug. If they're not, then probably do it anyway, but don't say that I told you to do it. All right? Let's go. Joy. 
Everybody get a hug and feel a little love this morning. All right, I see some smiles. Let's go ahead and you can be seated today. We're going to get into some announcements. As you know, we stay very, very busy around here. And I was thinking, man, April's coming to a close. We finally catch our breaths. And then I looked at the May calendar, and it's even busier. So praise God. That's a good thing because we're alive and well. Amen. All right, well, uh, you probably saw this on social media, but uh, we got a special thing today. Uh, we have with us Pastor Sarah Mays and her husband Andrew. Amen. Can you stand up for us this morning? They are, uh, she's the principal of Victor Valley Christian School in Victorville. Uh, come on up, guys. Come on up. And, uh, and uh, she's, she gave a presentation the other night for us on uh, anybody that's interested in maybe more information about the school because we know a lot of people are looking for uh, other education choices and whatnot. And so our kids go there and uh, Pastor Josh's kids go there and all this stuff. And it's been a a great blessing to us. So immediately after the service today, we are going to uh, give another interest meeting. And so if you're a parent or grandparent, even if you're like, well, I don't think we could make that happen. Hey, just come and get the information and learn a little bit more and see if it's something that God would have for you. Because we found out if it's God's will, he's going to make a way, right? He's going to make it happen. If it's God's will, it's God's bill, right? Come on. He's going to make it happen for us today. But I want to have her say a few words and introduce herself. And uh, and uh, seriously, come out, stay after service and hear a little bit more about the school. Thank you for your warm welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, as he said, I am Pastor Sarah. I'm the principal at Victor Valley Christian School. And I just want to encourage you after church just to join me. I just want to just shed some light on what uh, the Christian school looks like. We've been in existence for 51 years. Can we thank the Lord for that? And so um, God has a purpose and a, a reason for everything. And I just uh, briefly, I won't take too long, I just want to share that when we um, thought about putting one of our children in Christian school. I thought, no way, I can never do that. That is impossible. I live in Barstow. How are we going to do all this stuff and go out there? Because I am from Barstow. And um, we took a, a tour, and we were truly blessed. I believe God confirmed it in our hearts to say, you know what, this is the place. Uh, my daughter just, uh, we started her in fourth grade. She recently graduated. She's finished one year in the university. And so, um, 
God is faithful. Again, God is faithful. We had all the same questions, I'm sure, that are kind of spinning around in your head. How, where, when, why. And I just kind of want to shed some light on that after, uh, after service. And I won't take long because I know people are hungry on Sundays, okay? I'm a fast talker. All right. Well, thank you again for having us, and God bless. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Jesus, for the two of these guys. They've become good friends of ours. You're, you, <laughs> uh, so Pastor Sarah and Pastor Andrew are just a blessing to us from Barso, as they said, um, and great fruit of the Lord from Barso. So awesome, awesome. Well, speaking of great fruit, they serve in the marriage ministry at their church, and we have upcoming for our marriage ministry, Marriage Refresh. So praise the Lord. So don't forget to make sure that you're off on the 29th and 30th. That's a Friday and Saturday. It's $50 a couple. We are catering that, and there is breakfast Saturday morning as well, and child care is provided. There are five slots left. So if you haven't registered and are planning to go, today's the day, okay? So get it done. Five slots left. Okay? Also, National Day of Prayer is coming on Thursday, May 5th at 6 p.m. Right here. So Thursday, May 6th, 6 p.m. in the sanctuary. It's going to be simple, but it's about prayer. We want to come together in unity and allow the anointing to be here, praise the Lord, and we will pray for our nation. Then, next, not next weekend, the one after that is Mother's Day weekend. Um, so May 7th, that Saturday, we're going to have our mother-daughter luncheon, and the theme is singing in the rain. So I've already been asked twice this morning about what that means. Is it the movie, or is it your interpretation? What else? Just dress up and have a good time. Be there in your rain gear, and we'll have a great time together, and the food is going to be awesome. So if you have not registered for that yet, make sure to do that as well. The deadline for that is May 7th. First, so you have a, a little while, just not much. Okay, well, if you are with us for the first time, or the first time in a long time, if you could wave at me, praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us today. Miss Nikki here has a gift for you. We're so blessed to have you with us. And if you would fill out the information that's in there and take it to the information booth on your way out, we have a gift that we'd like to bless you with. Thank you again for being with us today. Right, all right, very good. So lots going on, but praise the Lord. We're going to keep you in the loop. I also remind you, one great way to stay connected is through social media because I have so many people all the time, hey, when's this event? What's the date for this? I'm like, hey, we posted it like five times. So it's a really good way to stay connected and stay in the loop and make sure you don't miss out on anything. Amen. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. Well, what in the world is that? Man, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. And so we said we're going to be excited when it's time to give. Let's have Pastor come on up this morning and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And it's also Mission Sunday. And uh, he's going to give us an update on some of that because we support a lot of missionaries with it. All right? Amen. Amen. I got my own. I got my own. Tom's got me on. Tom, you got me on? Okay. Can you hear me now? Hey man, I'll tell you what, we got more anointing than Verizon ever dreamed of. Can you hear me now? Glory to God. They'll all hear us soon. Did you ever hear that one before? Hey man, they're listening. All right, hold your hands in an envelope for your tithes, your offerings, or envelope permissions. And we will give you some updates. But I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 through 19. 
Philippians 4, verse 15 through 19. And uh, before I read these verses, back when I was a baby pastor, back in the, uh, uh, when was it, the 90s, uh, when I was getting things going, we pioneered a church and was learning how to do things. Of course, I'd been a Christian for a while and knew about missions and things, but when I become a pastor, I wanted to do things because I knew what I was doing and have faith in what I was doing. So I was kind of shaky about missions, about why are we doing missions? And you know, a lot of times, if you're sitting out there and you do it, you just don't really understand why you're doing what you're doing, why you're giving other people money. But these verses right here will explain that to you, but here's the way the Lord told it to me. And when he told it to me, it got my attention. And what he said is the reason for this church's success and for your success is salvation coming to your families. And salvation come to this area. The Lord said this to me. He said, if you'll help me reach the world, I'll help you reach your part of the world. And, you know, for being a, a baby church back then, and wanting to be able to grow and do things and advance the kingdom of God, I definitely wanted to grow the church. But I wanted to grow the church by winning people to Jesus, not people transferring churches, wanting to come to a new church, although they were already Christians. And so we always, since then, have helped Jesus reach the world. And he's always, always given us what it took to reach our area, our region. We're a regional church. You know, we're not just a little church in Barstow. We have a worldwide outreach. And that starts right here. Our epicenter is this whole region right here. All the little towns around here, the little places around here, we reach them. And to do that, it takes the help of God. You know, I heard, I heard a man say one time, if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you have to know what that helped to get there. And if you see a little church in the desert, reaching out to this whole part of the desert, plus the world, you don't have to have help. But there's always the God part and the man part. So I'm going to read these verses to you, and then I'm going to tell you some things about some of our missionaries we support. Verse 15, a great passage for Paul in his missionary journey. He said, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So Paul said, as I begin to go out and take this gospel to other places, said there wasn't any churches helped me, but you did. And I'm so grateful for all the great missionary churches there are in the world today. I'm so grateful that our church is a part of God's missionaries. Amen? He says, For even in Thessalonica, you sit once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And you notice, he said, giving and receiving in verse 15. See, God always has cause and effect. Sowing and reaping. Amen. Planting and harvesting. Giving and receiving. Everything always works in God's system. God's system will work when you work the system. Amen. That, that, that's not talking about something tricky, play on words. That's the way it works. Call upon the name of the Lord, you're saved. How do you call upon the name of the Lord? Because you heard. How do you hear? Because somebody sent a preacher. And you heard. Amen. And so anyway, he says, I desire fruit that may abound to your account. He says, but I have all. I bound, I'm full, everything I need. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Things were sent from you. As it says, it's an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable 
well-pleasing to God. How many want to be well-pleasing to God? Amen, I do. I'll tell you what, I don't want to be a stench in his nostrils. I want to be an odor of a sweet smell. Amen. He says, but you sacrificed and you helped me take the gospel. He says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you know, that verse doesn't work for everybody. It works for those who participate with the system. And so as you're part of God's system and your tithe is not your missions offering, your tithe takes care of the church, missions take care of the missionaries, but also uh, it takes care of you. And so because we're sowing to help take the gospel to the world, that God's helping us take the gospel to your house, to your extended family, to the people you're praying for, because that's how God's system works. But I want to give, I want to give you a little update on some of our missions. Uh, go ahead and put up Liz and Dana. there on the mountain <laughs> on a mountain somewhere okay how many are familiar with Liz and Dana they were here two weeks ago well you know Liz and Dana are, are the, 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 the world directors in all the nations of the world that AFCM supports AFCM Association of Faith Churches and Ministries that's the first ones that ordained us way back a long long time ago and so they do a lot of things. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about Ukraine right now with, with AFCM people. I went to Ukraine back in the 90s and I taught interpreters Bible school there in Kiev, Ukraine. We was at a 15,000 member church, packed out all the time. But the people that came to that Bible school are from countries you've heard of recently, Belarus, uh, I, just all those Baltic states, they came from everywhere. And I met pastors and Christian leaders that we taught the word of faith to that uh, has sold everything they had to get to Kiev for that conference. They came there because they wanted to learn English and they wanted to learn the word of faith because they were in a very serious place. The Iron Curtain had just fell when I was there and there was a lot of, and you know, when we think about Russia, I think sometimes we just think all bad stuff, but Russians could be you sitting right here. They're just people. They're just regular people. And at that point in time, when it was the former Soviet Union, everybody called everybody a Russian from America. We thought, man, they're all Russians. But Russia was just one little place. But these people from the Baltic states, a lot of them spoke Russian, but different, different kinds of Russian. And, you know, I got to think about America when I was over there. I've got family in the South. I've been to the South a lot. I've got family in New England, been there a lot. Got family here in California. We've got people everywhere. And there's different dialects around the country, in case you don't know it. When you get down south, man, it's hard to understand those people down south unless you're from there. You get to New England, it's hard to understand them. But then we go to New York, you get to Brooklyn, New Rochelle, places over there, they got different dialects in New York. And so we're all called Americans, but we got different dialects. So over, over in Ukraine, they spoke Russian, but it was a different Russian that spoke in other parts of the former Soviet Union. But one thing they had in common, they were people. They were people. Matter of fact, I was close to Chernobyl when I was over there, and uh, people just do, if you remember Chernobyl thing, people were coming there for healing from the effect from that uh, nuclear fallout they had over there. And so, if those things are going on today, I'm so grateful that we get to help support Samaritan's Purse with Franklin Graham. He's doing a lot of great things over there for what he's doing, but what are we doing? We're helping support God's missionary work to a nation that really needs it. 
had them Liz and Dana. Of course, they go everywhere. Uh, how many Vietnam vets we have here? Any, any Vietnam vets in here today? Anybody ever hear of Vietnam? Well, back back when I was a young guy, it was Vietnam days. I didn't I didn't have to go. I didn't want to go, but I didn't I didn't have to go to Vietnam. But we know that was our enemy. But Liz and Dana go into Vietnam, and because we're on the internet, that's where I better stop at. But uh, they go to anyway. The word of faith goes into Vietnam, and we're a big part of that, taking the gospel around the world. Have we have we got Pacific Justice on there? Can we pull anything about Pacific Justice up on the screen? Well, anyway, Pacific Justice is a legal organization that started here in California. As a matter of fact, Brad Dakis, the president, has preached in our church before on Sunday morning. Well, Pacific Justice is, is an organization that takes the cases for all Christians. It was just in California. They've branched out around the whole nation. They take cases for Christians being persecuted by the government or by organizations that file lawsuits against Christians over the Christian faith. They take them for free. And our, our church supports specific justice. We have for a lot of years. The times we live in, in the times we live in, you really don't know when your free speech is going to be attacked for talking about Jesus or your faith's going to be hit. And these guys have won case after case after case after case in all the courts of California, plus some of the Supreme Court now. And so our church helps support, helps support that Christian legal organization that is very vital for the times we live in. And, you know, just a plug for the Christian schools, that our, our, our kids were raised in Christian schools. You see the fruit. Amen. And, you know, I'll just say this for anybody thinking about that. We, they didn't ask to come here. We asked them to come and talk about it. They didn't ask us. We asked them. Reason being, I, I see what's going on in our country today against young people. And I've always been of the opinion, we've had a lot of school teachers in our church over the years, public school teachers, and I've always said this, these teachers are missionaries to the school system. Amen. We got undercover agents in these school systems, but the good thing about Christian school, they don't have to be an undercover agent. They can be there to have their faith shored up, plus get the education they need. And so for Christian schools, Pastor Dave made reference to it, that uh, number one, when you hear what they have to say, if you've been thinking about this and praying about this, this is an answer to your prayer. And something I learned about faith, a lot of times, if it's hard to do, then it must be faith. It takes faith to get it done. If it's easy to do, there might not be any faith involved there. And so for, for we sending, sending our kids to Christian school, it was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice. We didn't have new cars every year. We didn't have new cars. We're glad to have a car. We didn't go out and eat all the time. We were glad to have food in the refrigerator most of the time. But the fruit of it is this. I know a lot of people that raised kids at the same time period we did, and most of them not doing very good because they chose other things first. And so anyway, just consider that. So that's, that, that's, that's a good missionary thing to get your kids into Christian school and put some money into that to help take care of your kids. Amen? And so 
that's where we are with missions. There's a whole lot of other missionaries we support. We can tell you about them, but you can look out the mission board at them if you have faith eyes. They took the mission board down and remodeled, but we'll get it back up. But anyway, missions is vital. Missions is not just something we do because that's what churches do. Missions is what we do because that's what God does. And we're partners with God. It's impossible to fail. Amen? And so anyway, uh, let's go ahead and stand up. And we'll make our financial faith confession. And then bring your tithes and offerings up. Bring your missions up. And, uh, you know, I like to say this. We like to worship up here at the altar with our tithes and offerings. And if you've given online, then go ahead and come up anyway. And just be thanking God that you've got your... You're giving him your tithe, you're giving him the mission, whatever you're doing. Just use your faith, thank him, and worship him, because the Bible says we worship him with our tithes. Worship him for our offerings. And Katie, I don't need to do any www.gibs or anything. You got all that. Well, anyway, if you know all the WWs and you're giving online, then you do missions, just do the box for the missions on the WW Gibbs. <laughs> all right. Let's make our financial faith confession as a Put the dark screen, so i got to pull my glasses back off now. Okay. Are we ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, Blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give just to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, join us up here at the altar, and we'll worship the Lord and praise the Lord on today. Let's give him thanks for being born again in Christ Jesus. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I tried with all my might, I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. Just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. Pick me up, turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God. Hallelujah. I cannot deny what I've seen. I no choice but to believe my doubts are burning. Yes, like ashes in the wind. Keep on moving. Now you ain't welcome here. 
of his faithfulness in your lives. I've lived stories that have proved your faithfulness. I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend. And there is beauty in what I can't understand. Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you. And I believe you're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God. You heal because you love. All the miracles we'll see. You're too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Now I can't resurrect a man with my own hands. Jesus. But just the mention of your name 
tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen real life resurrection. We've seen mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen families reunited. We've seen prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen troubled souls delivered. We've seen addicts finally freed. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it.
believe God. We believe you can do all that you said you can do, Jesus. We believe revival is coming. We believe salvation's gonna fill the streets, Jesus. We believe your glory will fill the nation like the water in the seas. We believe that every knee will bow. We believe that every tongue will confess. We believe, Jesus, we believe, because we've seen it and we know it. We stand on your word. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. Made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see Let's raise our hands this morning. Amen. I know, hey, sometimes when it's time to surrender, you raise your hands, right? And there's some of you today that the Lord's been trying to get through to you. He's been trying to get your attention, and you've been a little bit hard. You've been a little bit hard of heart. Today is the day to say, I surrender, and I'm going to do things your way. Amen. The Lord is here. The presence of God is here, and he wants to minister to you today in a very, very important way. There's a verse that keeps coming to my heart right now, and it's a very key verse for you to receive the victory you need. It's Hebrews 13.8. you got to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? If he did it last time, he can do it this time. It depends on if we're going to believe. It depends on if we're going to trust him. But Jesus did not change. The same Lord that 
parted the Red Sea. The same Lord that shut the lion's mouths for Daniel. He's the same God that's alive today. And he wants to do a miracle in our lives. If you need a breakthrough, if you need something to change, we got to reach out and receive that from the Lord today. But yes, his promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness to us this morning. Amen. His mercies are new every single morning. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. God is good. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. The Lord is good. Well, praise God, Jesus. We ask you to have your way today in this service. Speak to us. Tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, God. We're here for the truth. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your word would have free course in every single heart here today. And we will change for your glory. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done already. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen today? Amen. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise. Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. You can make your way to your seats. Praise God. Man, these guys did a good job, didn't they? Wow. Hey, I was like, there's no guitar player today. I hope they can make it up. But hey, between Reba and Josh, they just, woo! <laughs> they handled that with no problem. But hey, we still need, uh, Greg, we need you next week, okay, buddy? So don't, <laughs> praise the Lord. Wow, what a good time we're going to have today. Well, last Sunday was, of course, Easter Sunday, and uh, what a great and wonderful time we had. Uh, we were able to bless so many kids. I was looking at the thing there. 137 kids came last week and got to receive from Jesus. Isn't that exciting, man? What an exciting uh, time to reach out to them. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, of course, before that, we did an entire, I think, five, I've lost count, five or six-week series on the end times. And we really studied some things out uh, about uh, what's going on in the world. And, uh, and of course, we looked at the rapture just a couple of weeks ago. Well, this week I was praying about, Lord, what direction do we need to go right now? What, what do we need to hear at the moment? And I was reminded of a, an important verse that a lot of you could probably quote. But the title of this series is going to be called The Good Fight. We're talking about fighting the good fight of faith. Have you ever heard this before? Now, is there any of you in here right now that you are fighting for something in your life? You're, you're fighting uh, for maybe it's a health thing, maybe it's a marriage thing, maybe it's a, a, a family thing, a money thing. Whatever it is, we are told to fight the good fight of faith. Now, of course, that's 1 Timothy 6.12. Let's just look at it real quick, then, then we can really get rolling here. But 1 Timothy 6.12 in the New King James, we're going to look at this. And uh, this is one of those verses, I call it a refrigerator verse, because Christians everywhere, it's so inspirational, they'll just, man, they'll pop it on the refrigerator or something. Whether they live by it or not, you know, that's beside the point, but it still it provides some inspiration. And, uh, and so First Timothy 6, 12, this is more than just a cute phrase. This is more than just an inspirational verse from Scripture. If you could get a hold of the revelation that is in this verse, it could change your life forever because I'm telling you right now I like to win I'm not I'm not in this fight I'm not in this life to just barely survive or well we survived man I'm not here to be a survivor I'm here to be a thriver amen and so first Timothy 6 and verse 12 in the New King James it says fight the good fight of faith and it says to lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession 
in the presence of many witnesses. And so I think a lot of Christians, they read that verse and they just stop after the first word, fight. And they're like, okay, I'll find somebody. You want to fight about the tribulation? You want to fight about, no, 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 no. We're not talking about just fighting. It says to fight what? The good fight of faith. Now, you know, I, well, you've maybe heard us say this, but what is a good fight? Well, to me, a good fight is a fight that I win. I'm not in this, man, I don't want to, you know, get my brains beat out and lose and say, well, it was a good fight, though. I get No, I want to win this thing. I don't want the enemy coming in and winning my family from me. I don't want the enemy coming in and winning against my health and against my city and against my people at High Desert Word Center. I want to win, and we can win if we will fight the good fight of faith. Now, a lot of us, man, you know, you may be what seems like in the middle of a fight right now. And I know this much, that some fights are super fast. And, I, you know, I, I admit that I'm, you know, I don't really watch UFC or boxing and stuff. Not against it. It's just not really, you know, my, my thing that I watch. And I also admit that I'm not really much of a fighter. I, I, you know, I, I don't fight with these. I fight with this right here. But at the same time, I know a lot of you, uh, you know, have, have maybe come from different backgrounds and stuff. But some fights go really fast. And I was, I was just Googling this the other day. Uh, I read that on November 4th, 1947, some of you may remember that date, a fighter named Mike Collins knocked out Pat Brownson in four seconds in the, in the Golden Gloves tournament in Minneapolis. Four-second fight. Just came out, boom, one punch, the guy went down, and it was all over with. And I'm like, man, that's the type of fight that I'd like to be in. Just, just a one punch, let's get this over. But then I was like, well, I wonder what the longest boxing fight in history was. Then I found out that on April 6th, 1893, a couple of you remember that one also, but April 6th, 1893, a guy named Andy Bowen fought a guy named Jack Burke in a professional boxing match and lasted 110 rounds. They fought for seven hours and 19 minutes, and the people in the stands all fell asleep. The boxers were basically crawling out of their corners just to still fight. And uh, one of the guys broke every bone in both of his hands, and he was bedridden for six weeks. And, in fact, nobody actually won the fight. It was a draw. And I'm like, what? <laughs> All of that? Yeah, but it was a really good fight. No, it wasn't. Nobody won. You got to win for it to be a good fight. And so that was a, just a, a long, drawn-out thing. And so some fights are really fast, and it's like, man, I just prayed, and that thing was over. Sometimes you got to fight the good fight of faith for a few rounds before the victory comes. So we're not always promised how fast the fight will be, but we are promised victory every single time. You are? In Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. No, you can't make a guarantee. Ah, the Word of God made a guarantee. We always triumph if we do it in Christ Jesus. And yeah, I've taken the L a few times. I've taken some losses. But if I'm being honest with myself and I will look back at it, I can say this much. Every time that I've lost in life, it's always been when I was trying to do it my own way. But every single time that I have fought the good fight of faith and done it God's way, we've won every single time over health things, over finance things, over marriage things, over church things. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to say something that's very important for you to understand this morning right now. And, and over the course of the next couple of weeks, you've got to realize this 
as a born-again Christian. If you are a born-again Christian, the fight of faith, I should have put this on the screen, but the fight of faith is not a fight to obtain something that does not belong to you. It's a fight to defend and keep what Jesus already won when he defeated Satan on the cross. And so I'm not fighting right now for something like, oh, that doesn't belong to you anyway. No, I'm fighting for something that Jesus already paid the price for when he won the victory on the cross. I'm not fighting to win my healing. I'm fighting to defend the healing that Jesus already paid for because 1 Peter 2.24 says that by Jesus' stripes, by his wounds, we were healed, right? And so anything that I'm fighting for right now, it's not for me to obtain it. And no, it already belongs to me. Jesus paid the price. I'm defending what rightfully belongs to me because of what Jesus did. Well, why? Because Satan is a thief. Jesus said that he is a thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, verse 10. And so he's going to come and try to steal things away from me that Jesus blessed me with. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to defend it. Think of it this way. If you're the heavyweight champion of the world, right, and you have a fight scheduled, you're not fighting to win the belt. You've already, the victory's already been won on that. You're fighting to defend what's already been won. And so you're like, man, I've just got no peace in life. I just wish Jesus would somehow make a way to, to, to pay the price for my peace. He already paid the price for your peace. Satan's trying to mess with you. I just wish that Jesus would come and do something about this old devil. Jesus already did something about the devil. We saw that last week. He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. Satan is under our feet today. Amen? That's good news. Am I at the right? Is the amen button broken today? Because I feel you're a little quiet. Now, come on. Get a little Get a little excited. The victory's already been won today. Amen? You are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's good news right now. And so you're not fighting to, oh, man, if I could just win this victory. Listen, you're defending what Jesus already paid the price for, and you are a, you're, a, you're a winner. You're a victor. You're a champion already, and it's not because you're so good. It's because Jesus is so good. Jesus gave me my family. I'm going to defend them from any attacks of the devil. He will not take my marriage. He will not take my children. I'm defending what the Lord already blessed me with. Amen? And so you've got to get this revelation in your heart. You've got to start seeing yourself as fighting from a position of victory. You are not some underdog victim trying to win something that you don't even deserve anyway. No. You are fighting from the position of victory. That's where you're at. You are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus far above, Ephesians tells us, far above all these things down here. You already got the victory. You're defending what Jesus paid the price for today. Amen? And so quit seeing yourself as a victim. Quit seeing yourself as a nobody. Quit seeing yourself as just a worm crawling in the dust and man it's always a man we're not we're not, not only at the bottom of the barrel we're underneath the barrel and the barrel's on top of us stop that quit saying dumb things like that you because of jesus you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus second corinthians 5 tells us you are really something because of 
Jesus. And so we're going to talk about how to fight the good fight of faith. And you're going to defend what Jesus already paid the price for. And if you're going through something right now, I highly encourage you to listen up. I highly encourage you to take some notes. And in fact, as I was sitting down and, and kind of writing some of this out, so many verses came to me. I'm like, there's no way in the world I can take them to 25 verses in one sermon. So uh, did everybody get an outline when you came in for the message? Did everybody get an outline? Okay. If you didn't raise your hand, the ushers will get you one. They love passing out paper. They're always asking, is there more paper we could pass out? Right? Yeah. The ushers, they love paper. So um, if you didn't get an outline, the ushers will get you one. On the front row. Look at this. On the front row. Pastor Katie didn't get an outline. Look at this. Who did this? All right. Here they come. Here they come. <laughs> so, um, but at the bottom of your outline there, I just listed a whole bunch of additional verses that I'm going to quote today. And I'm, I'll have to put them on the screen, but I'm not going to have you turn to all these additional verses. Uh, again, because we could be here all day, but let's get real here. Barstow has a new KFC, and I need to get there by noon. All right. So, <laughs> I'm not trying to stay here all day. All right. We've got coffee options, and now, thank God, we've got chicken options. So, uh, you know what, you guys, whatever, but I, I can't be here all day. I've got places that i got to go, all right? So, let's go ahead and get into the Word of God today, and I believe that He's going to speak to you, amen? Some of you are looking at me like, man, I thought He was spiritual. I am spiritual, but I just, I love some good food, all right? So, anyway, praise God. And our, You know, we've been doing this Barstow Faith Confession for, like, almost three years now. And I'm starting to see it pay off. You know what I mean? We're getting some stuff. It's good, right? Am I right? Yeah, all right. Praise the Lord. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's get into the Word before I get weird on us. We need to get to the Word, all right? So the first thing I'm going to say today is this. Get this. Hey, you have to recognize who your enemy is. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you better recognize who the enemy is. Because, again, there's a lot of people that are like, man, I know it says to fight, and I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. Well, that's good for you, but are you fighting the right enemy? Because you need to know this, that the enemy, it's not other people. It's not other people. And so many are like, man, I'll tell you what my problem is. It's that guy at work. I'll tell you what my problem is. I'm married to her. I'll tell you that right now. No, other people are not the problem. Here's a verse. Some of these will be on the screen. I'm going to have you turn all of them. But Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. And so it tells us we are in this fight of faith, but we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Our enemy is not another person. Now, it is true that if there's somebody that's not submitted to Jesus, yeah, the devil could work through them to cause you a whole lot of trouble. They can say things and do things. But what the issue is, is if you are not you know, mature in the word, you'll think that that person is the enemy. No, it's the enemy that's working through that person. When I was uh, 18 years old, I was working at FedEx at the Indianapolis International Airport. We were drop kicking your boxes onto airplanes all day. It was great. No, don't scratch that from the internet. Anyway, we were getting your boxes to you. And uh, there's this one dude, man, he picked on me every single day. I, I proposed to the love of my life, Pastor Katie, at, at 18 years old. And this guy thought, the funniest thing in the world, you've never even lived with her and you're going to marry her? You guys have probably never blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, it's none of your business, first of all. But anyway, every day, this guy would just, just trash on me in front of the whole work group every single, and I was getting pretty tired of it. 
And so finally, I mean, I was like, man, Lord, just, just one hit. I mean, just, just one time. Just let me dot his eye. One time, that's all I'm asking. I'll, I'll, I'll repent later on. And, you know, listen, there's no prepaid repentance program. Yeah, that's premeditated. That's wrong. Some of you are already thinking that. I know it. And so it finally dawned on me, man, John is not the problem. This man clearly, very clearly, is not submitted to Jesus. The devil's just working through this dude to try to get me to step outside of the bounds of my Christian faith. And so finally, on the way to work, I'm like, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus from operating through this guy. I say, in Jesus' name, you're either shutting his mouth or changing his tune or something, but he is no longer going to wreck my day. And I did this several days in a row, and I am telling you right now, just like that, it was like a light switch flipped. I walk into work one day, Dave, hey, man, we've been waiting on you. How you doing, man? And all of a sudden, dude was my best friend. Can I buy you lunch? What are you doing after work today? I'm not hanging out with you, but <laughs> listen, every day, this guy, like, became my best friend out of nowhere. And if I had just gotten mad at him, if I was like, man, I'll show him, I'll get him. It never would have worked out that way. You've got to know who the enemy is. And it's not other people, and it certainly is not God. Now, why would you say that? Well, a lot of times people are like, man, I guess God put this on me to teach me something. My, God took this from me. God struck me with this. God did this. Well, listen, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give life and to give life more abundantly if you don't if you think that god's the source of your trouble and not the answer to your trouble you're going to be a confused person spinning in circles all the time jesus is the answer he is not the problem in your life in fact first peter 5 8 says that satan is an enemy and he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour the scripture straight up tells us first peter 5 8 that Satan is an enemy. He is the enemy. Now, there's a few fronts on which he's going to try to attack you. Well, there's a lot of fronts. Uh, first of all, hey, he may try to attack your health, right? And we are very clear that healing was paid for by the stripes and wounds laid upon Jesus' back. We know this much. We also know Matthew 8, 17 says that Jesus came to take our sickness and remove our disease. So, yeah, Satan's going to try to... Uh, attack something that rightfully belongs to you. He's going to try to attack your finances. We know that. He's going to try to attack your family. We could go on and on and on, but the biggest battlefield that he wants to fight you on is in your mind. The biggest battlefield, this is on the screen for you, the biggest battlefield he wants to fight you on is in your mind. Now, why is that? Well, because most Christians don't know how to win that combat. I'm just going to be honest, okay? I've been in, been in church a long time, and I know a lot of Christian people. I know that if your health gets attacked, the average Christian will at least pray for healing. If your finances or, or something else gets attacked, the average Christian will, if nothing else, they'll say at least one prayer and identify, man, I need to address this issue. But most people that I know, when they're being attacked in the mind, they just sit there and dwell on those thoughts. They let those thoughts stew and marinate and just think about it all day long. And they let the devil come and blow after blow torture you, messing with 
your mind, and you begin, and, and it's clever. You start to, you believe that these are your own thoughts, and, and a, a lot of times it is just the devil planting seeds in your mind, and you buy into it. You know what? We are, my family never has been anything anyway. They, we're, ne- we're never going to, who are we trying to kid here? Man, oh, I feel another pain, but paper cut. That must be cancer, right? You, 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 you let things explode and go to the next level if you would fight it the right way, which I'm going to tell you here in just a little bit, that uh, you could win the victory. But I'm telling you this right now. Why is Satan so successful in battling you on the battlefield of the mind? Because you will try to fight him mentally, and you will not beat the devil mentally. I'll tell you that right now. That is a losing fight. You can't outthink him. You can't outmaneuver him in your mind. You were never promised to fight the good fight of mental strength. Never promised to, never told to fight the fight of intellect. You were told to fight the good fight of faith. I can win that fight every single time. But if I'm going to try to sit there and outthink the devil, ain't going to happen, brother. No, he will beat you. He will steal your lunch bag and pop it in your face and bully you around. Listen, check it out. You were told to fight the good fight of faith. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll turn here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Are you with me today? We're trying to bring some victory to you because I don't like seeing Christians get bullied around. I don't like to see the devil come and steal something that we just saw Jesus give to you. We want to see you victorious. We want to see you winning the fight of faith every single time. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to look here at verses 4 through 5. I'm going to be in the New King James quite a bit today, uh, New King James and NLT. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to look here at verses 4 through 5. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I mean, they're not physical. He didn't just, you didn't get saved and he handed you an M16, go shoot the devil. There it is, man. No. Our weapons aren't physical weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What are they? But they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Check this out right here. What do our weapons do? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so one of the biggest keys to you winning the fight is learning how to bring your thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And notice it says here that that these things will exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And so what does that mean? Maybe you're going through a situation and you're like, well, I know the word says this, but then in your mind, these thoughts, yeah, yeah, the Bible says that, but check it out. You know what's really going on. These are the facts. What's going on? The knowledge, the facts of your situation are trying to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God in your life. Right? Man, my, my, my kids, they're never going to come back to the Lord. Yeah, well, Joshua 24, 15 says, but as for me and my house, we will serve. I'm standing on that. Yeah, but you saw what she's doing this week. I, and, and what's going to happen? What Are you, are you going to let those thoughts have the arrogance, have the pride, have the indecency to be more exalted in your mind 
than the word of God. It's a fight. But what do our weapons do? They pull down the strongholds in our life and, and they shoot down everything, right? That tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And that's what, that's what got Satan kicked out of heaven in the first place. He tried to exalt himself to the level of God. It didn't work up there, so he's like, I'll just do it in her mind. She'll go for it, and he will try to exalt himself and, and, and the wrong thoughts and the thoughts of fear, the thoughts of anxiety, the thoughts of depression, the thoughts of losing. He will try to exalt those in your mind above your knowledge of God. And, and that is, there's a way to fight this that I'm going to get to, but listen to me right now. Those thoughts that have been coming to you about fear, uh, about losing your marriage and, and suffering defeat, in different areas of your life, those thoughts are not from God. Man, I guess God's just trying to tell me that I ain't going to win this one. God, no, God's not telling you that. He's saying you always triumph in Christ Jesus. He's saying you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He's saying that you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God's not doing that. The Bible tells us in Revelation that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's sitting there accusing you, just absolutely raining down on you, and you have got to fight it the right way. And so we're going to take a couple minutes here, and I'm going to talk to you about some of the weapons that you have at your disposal. We'll throw a few more out there next week, but I'm like, if I'm in the fight, I want to know what I have to fight with. I want to win this fight. And so we're going to look at just two things today, and then uh, next week we'll tag a couple more on there. But you need to know who the enemy is. So is the enemy your husband? Is, is, it, is it your kids? Because they're so annoying sometimes. No, no. Is it those people at work? No. The enemy is the devil, as 1 Peter 5.8 tells us. But we're going to talk about how we can beat him and some of the weapons that we have at our disposal are, okay? So number one, your weapons, number one is the word. The word of God is a weapon that you have at your disposal. You have to get it in your heart, and you have to actually believe it. You have to actually believe it. How did you get saved? Well, you called on the name of the Lord, and you believed in your heart. How were you get, that's how you got victory for your salvation, but how are you going to get victory for this fight that you're in right now? You're going to have to believe in your heart that Jesus can do it. You're going to have to believe in your heart that victory is yours. So in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we have what's called the armor of God. Anybody familiar with the armor of God? Yeah. If you worked in children's ministry, you put on the little helmet and the sword and, you know, done all these things, right? Uh, but Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6, go ahead and turn there, he lists several attributes of the Christian life and compares them to the battle gear of the Roman soldier of that era. And so, you know, if you know these, you know, what do we have? We have the shield of, right? We have the helmet of, all right, so you're familiar with some of these. So he lists six components of the armor, but only one of them is offensive unless you look at praying in the spirit later on. But the rest of these are defensive weapons. And so we get Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. Now, out of all the things that he's given us to defend ourselves, he's given us something that we can use right here to fight back. And, uh, and here it is. You put on your salvation as your helmet, 
and take what? The sword of the Spirit. What's the sword of the Spirit? It is the Word of God, right? The Word of God. This is your weapon for fighting the enemy. Your main weapon is the Word of God. And so I know my brother, being in the Marines, and I know I've got other Marines and soldiers all over the place in here, but being in the Marines, they want you to become very well acquainted with your weapon, the rifle. They want you to love it. They want you to fall in love with it. They want you to name it and, and, and be so, so in love with your rifle that you can take it apart and clean it in the dark. You can reassemble it. You know every little detail about your weapon because it needs to become your best friend in the heat of battle. You better be very well acquainted with your weapon. I wish Christians would take their weapon as seriously as the Marines take their rifles. Love it. Take care of it. Know how to open it up and, and, know, and know as much about it as they can. None of us will ever know every detail of Scripture. But I want to, I'm having a good time trying. Anybody with me? I'm trying my best. It's fun. And so we should be as serious as they take their weapon and their warfare. The Christian needs to take their weapon, their Bible, that seriously, man. I want to read it. I want to know it. I want to know where it's at. I want to know how to use it. I want to know what it says. I want to know what it promises me. I want to know all about the Bible as much as I can. Why? Because it's my weapon. This is what I fight the devil with. And when it's time for battle, I don't want to be like, man, where's that thing at? I, I, anybody know where to put that Bible? Well, I've got one on my phone, but, uh, you know, uh, the cell towers are down right now, so I can't even open that up. No. You need to know the Word of God. It's your weapon. And so 1 John 5, 4, check it out. It, it tells us that this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. Well, what overcomes the world? I, I, I literally just said it three seconds ago. What overcomes the world? Our faith, right? Our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And so uh, if you've gone to church here very long, you have to know the next verse I'm going to quote. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, how does faith come? Romans 10, 17? Hearing, hearing what? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, so many people are, you know, they're, they're praying for faith. Well, I didn't tell you to pray for faith. Praying's a great thing, but that's not how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And well, why would that be so important? Because your faith overcomes the world. We just said that, right? You have got to have faith if you're going to win some of these fights. And so the more of God's word that gets into your heart, the more faith you have. The more of God's word. Man, I'm telling you now, the people that come to church every week, the people that come several times a week, I hardly ever get phone calls from these people. Pastor, we're defeated. We don't know what to do. This is, I mean, the, the devil's just beating our brains out. We don't know. I hardly ever get phone calls from these people. The people that come once a month when they feel like it, that never read their Bibles, I get calls from them all the time. The people that hear the Word of God all the time, they are faith warriors in their heart. They're constantly hearing it. These are the people that come to church, that read their Bible every day on their own. The people that are listening to podcasts all the time. They're driving to work. They've got their earbuds in, listening to preaching, listening to the Word of God. These people are victorious. 
they've got faith that the minute the devil comes knocking on the door, they just answer with a scripture. Man, get out. Get thee behind me, Satan. I always triumph in Christ Jesus. What are you talking about? They instantly have the word there. The people that don't really listen to the word of God that much, I'm just telling you, hey, they, they've got troubles all the time. And it's not that the devil sends more at them. He probably sends even more to some of you guys. You just know how to fight it now, so it's no big deal like it used to be. He comes knocking with sickness. Yeah, get out of here. Matthew 8, 17 says Jesus took our sickness, removed our disease. Psalm 103, verse 3 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. You know how to answer when he knocks, right? And so I'm telling you that you have got to take God's word seriously. Another verse uh, I'm going to put on the screen, Nahum 1-7. If I told you to turn there, we'd be there past KFC time, so we can't do that. It'd take me a while to find Nahum. Nahum 1-7, one of my favorite verses, it says, The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And what? He knows those who trust in him. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. But check this out. He knows those who trust in him. Now, it may not be a popular thing to talk about right now, but it's important to note this much, that God knows the difference between those who actually trust him and those who just say they do. I could survey 100 Christians right now. Do you trust God? 100 out of 100 would tell me yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I trust the Lord, brother. I trust and, you know, talking about they trust the Lord, every Christian everywhere would say they trust the Lord. But the truth of the matter is we in our heads, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about in your heart. He knows those who actually do trust him. It's one thing to be lip service. It's one thing to know all the right words to say. It's another thing when you actually trust the Lord. My gosh, mountains move. Miracles take place. The enemy loses every single time. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Check it out. He knows those who trust in him. You have got to take God's word seriously. You'll never be able to fully trust him until you take his word seriously. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, I'm just, I'm trying so hard to trust him. I'm trying, I'm trying. When you start taking his word seriously, it gets a whole lot easier to trust him. You got the word coming in out. I heard this old story, and I've shared it, but I'm going to share it again, about, man, there's like a preacher's convention, and uh, and they're like, hey, let's, you know, they wanted to have one of the, the astute senior fellows, you know, one of the old guys that, you know, he had a PhD, a double D, and all that, you know, every degree possible. And could you share with us, you know, the 23rd Psalm? Yes, sir. And he puts on his religious voice. And, you know, I, some, you know, some guys are good at this. I, I try to not have a religious voice. But it, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And, you know, he maketh me to lie down. It was total King James. It was great. He maketh me to lie down. And he goes up. And by the time he finishes the sixth verse, everybody in the room is asleep. Song log. Because it, it meant nothing. It was just all this professor. They're like, well, let's have one of the young guys get up here. And he didn't know everything. He didn't have every degree. He didn't, he, he hadn't, you know, been in it forever. But he just got up there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he goes and he just speaks it from the heart. And the anointing of God hits the place. 
everybody feels the presence of God and revival breaks out. Why? The Lord really was his shepherd. The other guy knew about the Lord. This young fellow knew the Lord. Big difference. A lot of people, yeah, man, shut up, young fella. I've been raised in church for 50 years, and, man, I was doing this before you. That's, hey, congratulations. We're thrilled for you. But do you really know the Lord? Is he really your shepherd? I don't want people that know about God. I want people that know the shepherd because those are the people that I want in the trenches with me. They know how to fight the good fight. They know how to fight the battles. Amen. I don't want someone that's read about the M16 rifle. I want someone that's used the rifle when it comes to warfare. Amen. We need Christians with some battle experience. And so if you're going through something, you need to connect and hook up with people here at church or, or in a good godly place that have been through a thing or two, not just read about a thing or two. Some people that have fought and won some victories. And so I'm telling you right now, you will never be able to fully trust God until you take his word seriously. And so you got to get the word into your heart every single day. Ideally, you're going to sit down and, and, you know, and read it for a while. But I know this much. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. And so maybe someone's like, yeah, I'm trying as hard as I can to read the whole Bible through in a year. Well, that's great. But, hey, I'd rather read one awesome verse that I get into my heart and I can go to war with than, you know, read all of Leviticus chapter 13 and find out who begat who begat who. Begat. Uh, I'm sounding like an auctioneer up here. And, you know, listen, we're talking about getting some word in your heart that you can fight with. And I'm going to tell you something really important right now. You need to get some verses that speak to you and are your own ammunition. And what I mean by that is whether you get verses that we told you at church or you find some yourself, but you've got to get some verses that actually mean something to you and that you're getting the revelation on. And so what I mean is, you know, so many times we try to piggyback on someone else because it works for them. And yes, let that be inspiration to you, but you need to get some verses. David had five smooth stones. You need to get your five smooth stones for yourself, right? And so it's not good enough when, you know, sickness comes and you quote me quoting the Bible. Well, uh, Pastor Dave said something about by his stripes were healed or something like that. So, yeah, there it is. Stand on the word. Sorry, that's not good enough. <laughs> You're going to have to do a little better than that. You're going to have to take it seriously. You're going to have to get in there, read it for yourself, meditate it yourself, speak it yourself, get it into your heart yourself. Don't try to use our faith to win your battle. You're going to have to develop your own faith. Now, a lot of times this works This works for a while when you first come to the Lord and come up here and we'll just pray for you and boom, we start seeing some quick healings and stuff. But after a while, we start to see like, you're growing up now, you know, and you got to quit letting us just spoon feed everything to you. You got to start eating for yourself. You got to start learning how to feed yourself on God's word, right? And so you've got to take his word seriously. And why? Well, do you want to win or do you not want to win? I want to win. And I've got to take his word seriously. It's my guarantee to victory. And so what are your weapons? Number one, the word. Number two, your words. Number two, we're going to talk about your word today. Now, this is a core belief of our church that there is power in your words. There's power in your words. 
Well, I mean, how powerful are our words? It, it's incredible you think about. How did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke his word. Let there be light. Boom. And there was light. He kept speaking. I mean, he could have done anything. He could have called an electrician for light. He could have gone down to the Home Depot and, and you know, and created something great. No. He spoke to create everything it is that we see in nature. And, and, and he created it with his word. And I was created in the image and likeness of God. And so our words are powerful. How did I get saved? By calling on the name of the Lord. If you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And so it's a very important that if that's the initial way that you were born again, you believed in the heart and said with the mouth, that's going to follow you all throughout your Christian life. When you come into a battle, you're going to have to believe the word in your heart, and you're going to have to learn how to speak the word out of your mouth. And it's so important. Uh, uh, Proverbs 18.21 on the screen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. One of the first verses that I ever learned. And uh, in fact, it's one of the first ones that we taught our kids. Because for one, I don't want them, you know, being you know, a little nasty mouth. But also, uh, at the same time, they need to learn the importance of this. That if you go around nonstop speaking defeat, speaking doubt, being negative and nasty, that's going to follow you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And of course, it rhymes. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What? Proverbs 18, 21. It's the end of my freestyle rapping career. You're welcome. You're welcome. So when Josh and I, quick story time, when Josh and I were little kids, they had a children's evangelist come to our church in Indianapolis, and this guy, he taught this verse, and he's like, if any of you kids can explain this verse, I'll give you $5, and me and Josh are like, it ain't worth going up now, we ain't going to do that, and I'll give you $10, then he gets up, if, if any kid in here can explain this verse, I'll give you a $20 bill, Josh's hand shoots up, he's like, I'll do it for 20 and so, <laughs> listen, this was the early 90s, $20 was a lot of money, I mean, uh, you could go to Kmart, and you could buy uh, pistols and caps, I mean, all day long, and so, at the time, we were going to be cowboys when we grew up. We're still debating that. We may we may go that route. But anyway, we're going to be cowboys, and all we knew is with a $20 bill, you could buy a whole lot of caps. And so Josh gets up there and lays out this incredible expository explanation of Proverbs 18.21, and I look over, and the children's pastor's jaw just drops. He's, like, taking notes, like, oh, my God, really? Oh, wow. And, and, and Josh explains it, and the guy's like, so he begrudgingly hands him $20. Well, uh, you know, and what did we do? We got in the van and went straight to Kmart, and we got our guns, right? Went, Woo! Yeah! What an investment. What an investment. It really paid off. So anyway, uh, about a, uh, later that week, the guy's still in Indianapolis, which is a large city, right? And so my dad runs into this guy at a restaurant, of all places. And, and, and my dad's like, oh, you are, the, you are the children's minister at the church this week. And the guy's like, yeah, he wouldn't believe it. Some kid over there just weaseled 20 bucks out of me. And I'm like, oh, wow. What <laughs> I don't know if dad told him it was his kid or not. But anyway, listen, it pays to know the word of God in, in more ways than one sometimes, right? Can I get him in? Revelation 12, 11. <laughs> We're talking about the power of your words. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
and they love not their lives unto the death. But they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is your word. I never have somebody come up, I want to testify. Just stand around. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, okay? I'm just thinking. No, when you testify, you speak some words out about what God's done for you, right? And so if, if you got to realize there is power in your words. And I want to show you here, turn with me to Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Are we having an okay time today? Mark 11, 22 through 24. But I, I want to see Christians win. I want to see you secure the victory in your life and defend what Jesus already paid for. Amen? I want to see you defend what Jesus already paid for. And so Mark 11, 22 through 24, we love these verses so much, we plastered them on the front wall here. So these are key verses to your victory. Why are they so big? Well, uh, I mean, there's so much truth in these. These are mountain-moving verses, but... These have saved our lives so many times, learning how to speak to the mountains in your life. So let's read it, and then I'll, and I'll uh, break it down for just a minute, then we'll go ahead and, and close things out. But Mark eleven twenty two in the King James, because that's how I was taught. If it was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. Come on, somebody, say amen. All right. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Well, we can stop right there and just secure the victory. Have faith faith in God. That sounds so simple, but it's so huge. You are not going to win the victory until you've got faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. What happens? He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and ye shall have them. And so this whole thing is about the power of your words. When you speak words of faith, and you actually believe those words of faith, look out. Mountains can be cast into the sea. Things that have held you back, things that have been a constant struggle, when you begin to speak the words of faith and believe in your heart, you'll see mountains move in your life. That's why I was healed of leukemia when I was three. I think about the fight of faith my parents had to fight when I was in that children's hospital, and I couldn't walk, and they kept taking my blood and saying, it's getting, off. It's getting worse. We don't know if he's going to. And every day, what did they do? They didn't sit there, well, we just just... I don't know, maybe we should get as many people to feel sorry for us as we can. Listen, there's a time and a place for sympathy, but when I'm fighting for my life, I don't want you to just feel sorry for me. I want you to know how to pick up the sword of the Spirit and swing that thing, right? Sympathy didn't get me healed of cancer. Jesus and the Word of God did. And so each bad report that came in, they would just answer the report with the Word of God of God and, 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 and constantly speak words of faith. Well, uh, they, they sent this blood work in and it came back like this. Yeah, well, Psalm, one, or, yeah, Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed them of all disease and delivered them from their affliction. You answer it with the word 
of God. And so mountains move when we learn, and all this whole thing, we believe in praying over the situation. I'll pray every which way you want. I'll pray in tongues. I'll cast it out. I'll get on my knees. All that fun stuff. I'll do it all. But there is something powerful that Jesus showed us right here. Sometimes he got down and prayed, and sometimes he just stood up and spoke to the situation. Peace, be still, and the storm would stop. Sometimes it would just be mountain move, and the mountains would move. And when you get the word in your heart to such a high and extreme level, the devil comes huffing and puffing. I'm going to tear your family apart. I'm going to tear this house down. Oh, no, you're not. I've been waiting for this. Come on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. You know how to answer, but you got to speak it with your mouth and say it in your heart. And so I'm telling you right now, if you are in the fight at this moment, if you have got something going on, the very best thing you can do is get God's word in your heart and begin to literally speak the word of God out of your mouth. How do you fight thoughts? You don't fight them with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. You fight thoughts with words. Again, so many of you are trying to outthink the devil. Well, if I could just think myself out of this, I'll get it. I mean, you're, you're, you're twitching and, and, and you're nervous and you're a wreck because you were never promised victory fighting the devil with your mind. You were promised victory fighting the devil with your faith and with the words of faith coming out of your mouth. And so I challenge you, when the devil starts to throw those thoughts, when you begin to speak the word out of your mouth, it cuts off the thoughts right there. If I'm sitting there thinking about, you know, one thing and it's just coming to me, the instant I begin speaking words, my words, I, I start thinking about the words that I'm speaking. I've done this. I've tested it. I'm not saying it's a scientific theory, but it works for me, right? And so, listen, if there's negative, wrong thoughts of defeat and, 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 and all this stuff coming at me, if I begin speaking the word instantly, those thoughts, it's like you flip the light switch. Those are gone, and all of a sudden I'm concentrating on, wait, no, I always triumph in Christ Jesus. I always triumph in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. The more that I speak his word, the more it shuts those thoughts off. Now, it will not work if you are not consistent with it. So many people, yeah, I tried that like last week, this this one time I uh, I had a bad thought, so I spoke it one time, and then the, the thought came back to me the next day, so that doesn't work. I'm talking about you got to get serious about this thing. You need to take this as serious as you do your phone, your Instagram, whatever it is, you, you know, your videos you're watching on YouTube. If you would take God's word as serious as you take YouTube and your video games, my gosh, you'd be a warrior. Wow. He'd already preached to the whole world, and Jesus would have came back. I could be in heaven right now. All right? Listen, because when the whole world hears, he's coming back. So you've got to take it seriously. This is not just a, yeah, I tried that, or, yeah, I was in the mood the other day, so I actually read my Bible, man. It was kind of cool. No, you've got to take this serious. But if you will take his word serious, if you will speak it when those thoughts come and do it consistently, yeah, but, but I get these thoughts like every 10 minutes, then speak it. If you get them every 30 seconds. 
Answer the thoughts with the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit, and you are going to start winning the victory in your life. What are we talking about? How to fight the good fight of faith, and a good fight is a fight that you win. And so you need your weapons. You need the word of God, and you need to speak your words of faith, and you're going to start seeing some mountains move in your life. Can we get an amen in the church today? Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up. I'm going to give you, because I'm such a nice guy, I'm going to give you a little practice round. How's that sound? Who wants to practice this with me? Thank you, all three of you. Does anybody else want to practice this today? <laughs> and so we're going to close this out with a little bit of practice on how to fight some battles this week, how to overcome the enemy. Now, there's several weapons I want to show you over the next few weeks. But I'm talking about when he comes and brings some thoughts of defeat to your mind, you're going to say this. And uh, I'm just giving you an example. You've got to get your own, but I've got a few things here. I want you to say this with me. Say, I always triumph in Christ Jesus. through Christ who strengthens me. I didn't believe that. You've got to say it like you mean it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. Let's say this. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. If you've been sick this week, say it loud, say it proud. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. We are healed by his stripes and, and by his wounds. God supplies all my needs. According to his riches and glory, God supplies all my needs. According to his riches and glory, my marriage is blessed. Say it again. My marriage is blessed. My kids are following Jesus. My kids are following Jesus. I always triumph in Christ Jesus. One more time, I always triumph in Christ Jesus. Now give the Lord some praise together today. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. We win every time when we do it in Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this morning. Hallelujah. I pray that you've received the word uh, that's been brought forth today. We're going to get a little deeper into this over the next week or two and study some more things out. But it's time for you to get the victory. It's time for you to rightfully defend what Jesus paid for. Amen. All right. Well, let's take a minute here today. I'm going to have Josh lead us in a worship song. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, you come on up. We're going to stand in faith with you. We're going to fight the good fight. We're going to speak some words of faith and pray with you. And most of all, if you're here and you've never received Jesus as Savior, or, or, or maybe you did, but you kind of walked away. He didn't leave you, but let's get real. Maybe you left him for a little bit. We want to restore that today. There is no reason in the world for you to leave this building and not be fully secure in knowing where you would go in the end of it all. And so if that's you, we ask you to boldly come up and, and let us pray with you today. And we will hook you up with some what we call discipleship, a spiritual personal trainer, somebody that would come alongside you for the next 30 days and, and pray with you every day and, and text you Bible verses and whatnot to help you get started the right way. We want to see you succeed as a Christian. 
If you need a prayer for anything at all, please come forward. We're going to pray for you. And if you don't need prayer, then let's just worship God for a few minutes. Amen. Let's do this. Promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never fail me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never fail me. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness, I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never fail me. Your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. Still in your hands, this is my confidence that you never failed me. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe. I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my. 
Was everybody blessed today? Amen. All right. How are you going to fight the devil? With your fist? No, no. You're going to shoot him? No, no, no. You're going to fight him with the word of God and by speaking the words out of your mouth. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to close down here. Uh, of course, we got service tonight at 6 o'clock, prayer at 5. And uh, pastor's bringing the word out tonight. It's going to be fire. It's going to be dynamite. You need to be here. It's going to be awesome. And, of course, uh, just pay attention this weekend. It's going to be the marriage refresh. If you didn't get registered, there's still, I think there's four slots left because I saw someone else register yesterday. So about four slots left. Get signed up. The child care, the food's provided. And I'm like, hey, anytime child care is provided, go ahead and just sign me up. I don't care. I'll, I'll be there, right? Come on. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Uh, praise God. And uh, right after we close out here, we're going to have everybody that's going to attend the Victor Valley Christian School interest session. Uh, let's meet over in this section, okay? And so, again, if you're a grandparent or a parent or an aunt, or a, if just, just come. Get more information, right? Even if you're like, well, I don't know right now. Just come and listen. And, in fact, I'll do one better. I told the children's workers that we'd keep your kids a few extra minutes. So you've got no excuses. Come on over, and let's hear about the Christian school here for a few minutes. Amen. Come on. All right. Let's pray. Then we're going to close out by speaking some words of faith over Barstow, the city that we love. Amen. Let's pray. Let's raise our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word today. And I pray that we would keep this in our heart. Just like King David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so, Lord, we're keeping it in our heart. And it's not just staying there, it's coming out of our mouths this week. We're going to fight some battles and some cure some victories because of you, Jesus. We love you. Use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. Lord, your blessing is upon us at Fort Irwin, at the Marine Base, at the Railroad, at the school, in Victorville, in Barstow, at this everywhere we go. Lord, we're the light of the world. Use us to show people the way this week. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, can somebody say amen? amen? All right. Let's say this together today. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him some praise today.